This podcast is recorded at Rock Money Media in Covina, California. This episode is brought to you by Apish, premium cannabis brand. Follow them on Instagram at apish underscore OG. Website www.apish.com. Let's go apeshit. Trejo. His album is called The Truth Teller. He's probably my favorite, and not favorite rapper, but for sure favorite Christian rapper. This guy's been through some things, and his, all his albums are really good. I recommend you guys check him out. It's really good. Here we go. Yes, Father God. In the book of Ezekiel, it talks about the valley of the dry bones. Do you remember when Ezekiel said that the hand of the Lord was upon him? By the Spirit of the Lord, it led him to the middle of this valley. And on the floor, there was nothing but dry bones. And God asked him, he says, Son of man, can these bones ever come to life again? Can they live? And he says, Lord, you alone know these things. And he said, tell these dry bones to come to life. He said, I will breathe breath into them. Flesh will come upon them. He said, all things will happen. So you will know that I am the Lord. In the book of Jeremiah 9, 23 to 24, the Lord says, let not the wise bones boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast in their strength, or the rich boast in their riches, but let the one who boasts, if he's going to boast about anything, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So why do we do these things? Why do we exercise what's right? Why do we exercise kindness and justice? In Matthew 5, 16, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that others may see your good deeds and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Remember, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. A righteous God, we know who you are. Yes, holy you are. We love you. We thank you, Father God. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to have your way with us right now. Finish the good work that you begin in all of our lives. Touch the blind, let them receive sight. Those who struggle with any type of addiction or stronghold or any type of sin that's heavy on their life, set them free right now, Father God. Draw close to Man, every time I hear that album, I just hear his. I heard him. I heard him live at I think it was um, Water Life or something like that in San Bernardino. The way of water, or, I've got that church's name. Um, but I seen him live, and this guy is gifted. Like his prayers, he's hardcore. He doesn't. He's black and white with the Bible. He's straight on point. He don't sugarcoat anything. He don't care if he offends you. This guy's hardcore, and that goes back to my my last episode. Um, one of my main prayers is I always tell, especially with my platform, I always say like God, like if I'm speaking wrong about you, if I, you know, it, it, when, when when I speak of your name, um, give me knowledge, you know, give me wisdom. I don't want to sound like a fool of what I'm talking about. And um, we had a discussion last episode. And I, I I had this ugly, and 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 I'm not I'm I'm not messing around when I say this like this ugly conviction, like this feeling in 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 my gut in my heart my chest was like, and I was like okay like I get it like like is that's way um for me that's way of God talks to me you know he gives you he'll give you conviction like like you're messing up Rocky like you know you asked me to um to um help you out with the podcast and you give you knowledge this is me talking to you and i got a lot of confirmations on things we do have a um a, a really cool guest today actually he hasn't he was part of street scholars he was part of street scholars he helped me out a lot he was one of the first guests on street scholar season one he was a, a co-host on one of the seasons back in downtown on late days um we got Lazy Mr. Untouchable. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if you want to go by that name. I remember one time you told me uh, when people refer to you as lazy, that's referring you to almost like your gang name. Yeah, basically, uh, lazy is just like before Paul was converted to Paul, his name was Saul. And to me, it just kind of falls into the same thing. You know what I mean? Like before I, when I was in darkness. I mean, if you look in the Bible, it talks so bad about being lazy and stuff. And I guess <laughs> I didn't even realize it when I picked the name when I was young. I was just young and dumb and needed a handle. You know what I mean? But now that I'm older, I feel like life is just about, you know, finding yourself and, and getting back to your own, your your real self, you know? And I know you and you're far from lazy. Yeah. Like you're always on, on a get-go. Matter of fact, we're recording super early because you got a full schedule ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I get even with Abraham, um, he was um, didn't change the name of Abraham, and so like God changes people's names, yeah, and he does. so on, changes people's heart, and yeah. so on and so on. But um, we'll get into that whole conversation a little bit later. But I did want to have you back on the podcast because yeah. I think your um your story, your testimony is pretty, is pretty. I think a lot of people could relate to it, or a lot of people are struggling about making that jump, or you know coming to that side, and they're scared. Oh, like what are my friends gonna think about hmm. me? And I I feel like somewhat. Um, some Christians, I would say, like, give 
being a Christian like a, a, a bad name. And I always say that on a podcast, I call them angry Christians or, you know, pointy fingers and so on and so on. So like a lot of judgment, a lot of judging. So like a lot of people are scared to go the whole route. Even, mm -hmm. even, you know, I, I'm a Christian man, but you know, but, but I'm far, not even close to like, like perfect Jesus or, and, and, yeah. I, and I never will. And I think you fight the same demon. I think me and you have a, so much in common as far mm -hmm. as fighting demons and going all the way that route. But I, I do want to go back to how do you, like, did you even grow up Christian? <clears throat> nah, like basically like every other Mexican family, like my, my grandma, my grandparents, they were like all into Catholicism. And uh, I, guess, I guess if we can, you know, claim any religion, it would be Catholic, you know what I mean? And then uh, as my mom, you know, she started going her own way, finding her own way. She came across people that were Christian, like actually in the park, you know, we were homeless. And uh, literally, me and my brother and my mom, you know what I mean, and Christian people came up to her, started, you know, ministering to her, and she was hurting at the time because of, you know, her relationships with men and stuff, and uh, we tried church, man, and that hit, it hit a nerve, and that's how God first, I was probably like 11, 9, 10, 11 years old, you know what I mean, and that's when the seed was planted, you know what I mean, my mom started taking us, we used to hate it, we used to wait in the car, we, we wouldn't want to go into service, and uh Little by little, we started to love it because we sensed something. We seen my mom was happy. We seen that she was, you know, changing. And that's when the seed was her first planet. Yeah. So you're about 11 years old. You're homeless, <laughs> living in a car. Yeah. And you just started going to church. And, you know, you're still not, your family's still not financially there or even doing good. But, you know, the church, God put in like a different spirit in mm -hmm. your family, mm -hmm. which that you're not financially good, but inside you're better right yeah basically my mom was hurt she was hurt from her own family she came from a large family like like 11 12 kids you know back in the days that's all they had did was no tv i guess so she had all kinds of brothers and sisters i had nine aunts and Jeez. i had two uncles and uh you know she just i guess she just probably felt neglected i always try to go back and talk to her about it and i always try to like you know ask her like because you know it, it it falls down the road the way you know what i mean it comes down to us generations and we see the repercussions of it, you know what I mean? And uh, I feel like she probably did without neglecting it. She, you know, she was really hurt and bitter. And then, and then, you know, she tried to put her love in a man. And then, you know, that goes, you know what I mean? Sometimes when we put our trust in, in other people, we always get let down. I mean, I guess that's what she was experience at a, experiencing at a young age. So she felt stuck with us. And, and God and the people of God were there to embrace her, you know, to take her in. And uh, we were right there just wherever, wherever mom go, we go, you know. And, uh, yeah. Did you know at that at that time, around eleven years old, when you started going to church, did you know like God is real? Was, or, or it was more like a kind of like a emotional thing? Yeah, more or less? it was more emotional. I think in the beginning because I didn't have really much knowledge. I just seen that there was something taking place in my mom and my like they went. We started going to church, and then I went to a service, and my mom and my older brother got baptized, and and like I got touched, and I'm like, whoa! I was young. I was like, man, I want that, man. And so the next time they did baptism, I did it by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? At a young age, I really didn't understand what I was doing, but I just know it felt right. It felt good, and and even up until the point when I went to prison, it was like I reverted back to that because it felt like I was going back to my roots because my mom had took me there. So I felt a comfort in going to church in there. You know? Is that a thing? Um, I don't know if it's in a Bible or not, but mm. they say um, when you get baptized or you give yourself to God and you kind of backslide, like your your life gets seven times worse than 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 what it mm. was before. Is, is is there somewhat truth to that? Yeah, definitely. Because you're pretty you're pretty um, knowledgeable with the Bible. Oh yeah, I love the Word of God. That was one of the things that kept me. Uh, 
you know, focus is uh, was just my hunger and thirst for the word because there's so much knowledge and wisdom in there. You know, okay, spiritually, it's it's awesome. You know, it's God speaking to us, but it's history. It's a history book. You know what I mean? And you know, the Jew, the Jewish people being one of the oldest uh, races around. You know, what I mean, you can learn a lot from them and, and their customs and stuff like that. Like they're blessed. So I just love the Word of God. And it just opened up my eyes, and you know, you can you can attain it. You can use it to in today's life. You know, what I mean, you can. So you get baptized, but obviously you're not, you know, you're not, you're not walking the path. So what you, you kind of do on an, on an emotional thing, right? Because you, you did go to juvenile hall. Yeah, well, when, when I was growing up back in the uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, it was crazy. Like the 80s was just a bunch of different fads. You know what I mean? You had so much. That's why a lot of stuff that around today was created, like skating, heavy metal, goth, you know, like, I mean, it wasn't, it was just like a lot of beginning disco. Uh -huh. You had so much stuff coming up. Like you had to pick which one you wanted to go with. I was a break dancer one week and the next <laughs> week, you know, and then all of a sudden gangs came in. So it was just like a bunch of different eras going through us at one time. And uh, unfortunately, where I grew up at was real poor. You know, I grew up in Pico Rivera and the apartments that were like kind of, I moved around a lot, but that's kind of where I settled in for a little bit. And it was really poor in that area in that time, but we didn't know it, we didn't care. You know what I mean? And gang infestation came and, and, and really Hollywood had a lot to do with, with a lot of people turning to gangs back then because uh, the music industry and everything was just promoting gang violence at the time where it was like an epidemic. You know, if you weren't from a neighborhood, you were looked as an outcast. Yeah. So I kind of just, you know, I didn't have no, my dad wasn't around at that time, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I, w I just went with the flow, you know, and I felt embraced by them. So joining a gang to me in the beginning was just, you know, going along with what everybody else was a follower. That's what I think. I uh, And I will say now on, a, on a, a prior podcast, I feel like how you said there's a lot of fads and a lot of trends going on and you're a break dancer. And I did say that. I said, like, how come like uh, uh, like a, a raver, a rebel, a skater or something like they could change their identity, you know, because that was something they did in high school and junior high. But when you get into if you go to the gang trend, you're gang stuck. fad, like you're kind of stuck with you're it. You're stuck. I mean, I think what it is is because uh, you were you were you you were we were signing a contract and we <laughs> yeah, didn't know, man. It sucks. You know, we put our name on a contract and we didn't even know. And and you know what I think what kept us was a lot of different things because we had to change the way we dressed, we changed the way we walked, we changed the way we talked, the music we listened to, the people we hung around with. And at the end of the day, it has benefits. You know what I mean? Girls like it. They like gangsters. You know and I mean? so. there's some kind of like when a, a homie walks in, in into the bar, yeah. into the room, there's some kind of respect that when you walk in kind yeah. of. So um, th that's always like kind of like adrenaline rush. Well, it's pride. You yeah. know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's pride. You know what I mean? I'm, I've am i been doing it. I've been for my neighborhood. You know, I was for my neighborhood for a very long time. At least I mean, 25 plus? Oh, yeah. Easy. You know what I mean? I got in at a young age, at 14 years old. You know what I mean? Where I didn't even know what the hell was going on. You know what I mean? And uh and you know, it just—it always was. It be, you, you adapted to it. You know what I mean, but you never get used to the attention. You never. I mean, it just—it just always goes with you. But as you get old, as you get older, you realize now, like, man, it was just just being part of the crowd. Isn't know? that crazy? Like something that you signed up for when you were fourteen, not knowing anything mm -hmm. about the world, not knowing anything about just nothing. You're a fourteen-year-old kid. My son's twelve, bro. Be thirteen this year. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even fathom. I can't even picture that. And. Like my my son does stupid shit as, as it is like in a Fortnite whatever like I can't does he have to like be dedicated to Fortnite for his whole life like can you see it, you know what, it's something it's a like spirit. and and you got into at fourteen you're kind of like you're kind of stuck with it even I, I you know as as an older man now yeah follows you you kind of like like and that's that's your identity bro people know you as lazy and from your hood like people yeah. that's your identity and somewhat like when you're in jail and juvie like. 
Like mm. you want you wanted that identity. You wanted yeah. that that macho. Well, you like, oh, you don't want to fuck with lazy. We tried so hard to make a name for ourselves. You know, like I mean. I'm not going to say everybody, but like me, whenever I applied myself to doing something, I always went 110%, whether it was negative or positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I always gave it my all, and I tried very hard, you know, to to make a name for myself. So, you know, I just we just didn't know we were just following the wrong leader, you know what I mean? We didn't, follow, we didn't realize we were following, you know, the enemy. The devil was using us as puppets, you know what I mean, at the time. We just didn't realize it, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I trip out now because there's men that are in their 40s and late yeah. 30s, and they're still trying to, or they're still barely, you know, they're late bloomers, we call them, you know what I mean? I've been doing this since I was 14 years old, so it ain't nothing new to me. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't seek that attention no more. I don't seek that because I know what it's really about behind behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Like I've seen the ugliest of, of that lifestyle. You know what I mean? You've seen the consequences like oh, yeah. uh, uh, out of everything. Like and like my uncle always told me like yeah. when we were younger, he's on me. like there's no trophies in this. Mm-mm. There's no there's no retirement plan. No 401k. Mm-mm. There's no insurance. Like it's there's there's no words. You know when I was growing up and my homies would get out of prison, I would see them. They'd be they'd be all healthy, they'd be all tan and tatted. I'm like, man, I want to be like these dudes. Man. Yeah, you know what I mean, and they look like them. Everybody's looking up to them, hearing their stories and stuff. Like they made prison seem like it was a place to be. Yeah, and then I went there and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to that. So, um, yeah. tell us about your first time. Cause you did, you, you did, you did um, go to juvie, right? You're a juvie uh, baby. Yeah, I grew up in juvenile. I went to all. You the, grew up in there. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I said, at the age of 14, I started getting incarcerated. I went to Los Padrinos uh, Juvenile Hall in Downey. That was like I've been there several times. I went there a couple times, and then I went to um, Silmar Juvenile Hall on my way to uh, placement. I went to placement Optimus Boys Home in Highland Park. I was there for not even that long. We AWOL me and my homeboy. And then uh, I went to Central Juvenile Hall. I've been there. I was there for quite a bit of time fighting life. I was a high-risk offender right there in k and And then uh, what happened after that? Oh, yeah, I went to I went to camp. I went to juvenile camp. I went to Challenger. I got refiled on there for fighting. Went to the box. Went, And then got refiled on. Went to Camp Carl Holton. Uh, you did a whole tour, everything. Yeah, huh? yeah. Jeez. And then uh, that was my juvenile. And then I graduated with Hawaii Youth Authority, New York, Norwalk. Not bragging, Lee. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's, no. You know. Then I went to Chino YTS. I live right on, not too far. Oh, from do you, you did do Hawaii time then? Oh yeah. Is I that did. is that what they say it is? It's like a gladiator school kind of Pretty, worse, worse than prison. Yeah, I mean there was at that time there was a bunch of YAs. You know, you had uh, camp. Uh, I mean not camp. Excuse me. Um, you had a bunch of uh, different YAs back then. But now uh, the one that they only had. I mean, the one I went to was Norwalk, which is a where you're ready to come in, where you're getting to do your 90 day observation, and then you go up to wherever you're gonna go. And I went to YTS in Chino, and that was kind of like the last stop. They called the Gladiator School, and uh, you know, you were older. You were, there were people that were doing sentence to life, and they had the privilege of being there. They were called M numbers. They're gonna go to the prison eventually, but you know, we're making a pit stop. So you're 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 in juvie. You're doing the whole thing, and mm-hmm. at this time, because you're still young, you're a juvenile. Mm-hmm. Are you still thinking like this is the lifestyle I, like I want to do forever? Well, you know what's crazy is like back then, like uh, we were so young, man. When you know you just come across your enemies in there, and it was just there was a thrill. There was a certain thrill when you would see your enemy, like you knew that it was on wherever you were at in the shower. I seen guys getting down in the shower butt naked in there, 
you know what I mean the chow line I mean I, I I ran I ran up on a couple guys in classrooms in there and there was it was just a it certain, was on site huh? it was on site man you know what I mean you, you kind of knew who they were you heard who they were and they'd tell them like you put your hand on like halfways and <laughs> and all of a sudden you're running halfways and fighting you for like a, not even a minute and getting beat up by the freaking staff yeah. after that. How far as gang banging wise and all that, even in the street, there's there is some kind of like an adrenaline rush when you're oh, doing yeah. these things, right? Yeah, I mean it's in there. You ain't got no weapons in there, so it's just all ha- you know. But you see, you see the true colors come out in there. You know, you see some dudes out here and they act all hard, but when they go to jail, man, all of a sudden you take you take the gun away, you take the knives away, and there's something totally different. You know what I mean? So you really got tested in there, and if you you ranked out or whatever in there, you know you were looked down upon, you were frowned upon in there. You know, you know it's funny. Now, I use that word still like. Like ranked it and, and nobody know what that ranker. word means anyway you're a ranker no what the fuck's a ranker that's just old <laughs> shit but also so in juvenile like you know you still believe in god but you're not you're not preaching to anybody in juvenile hall no. you're, you're not even reading the bible probably in juvenile hall no no i mean i was still did you forget about god or you still did like somewhat prayers in there i mean you don't completely forget about god but i think you just put them on the shelf you know what i mean because you're just trying to survive now where you're at you're just trying to freaking um keep your head up and you're trying to go with the politics in there and you're trying to just do looking at time you know what i mean you're also separated from your family and your loved ones so there's a lot of things going on initially and i think that's what i was really focused on was just trying to you know keep my head up in there man and just trying to keep a good name like i did throughout the whole time i was incarcerated you know was there a time that you're fighting like a long sentence and you're like you're kind of committed like fuck this is it yeah no actually i beat life twice um, i beat um an attempt to murder and then i had three carjackings and they were trying to give me life at that point when i was 17 years old and then uh you know i did my time for that i did five and then when i got out i, I only stood out for four weeks and i went back in for one of my homeboys dope and they would try to strike me out the second time. Kind of like the movie American Me, where the dope was yeah, in the jacket. One almost, of those things. Almost exactly like that. Really? Yeah, I was only out for four weeks. Tell us that story, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I did. I did five years straight. Um, you know, I, I ended up uh, paroling at that time on Christmas Eve '97 from Soledad State Prison, and I paroled. I got out, went went back home, whatever. And uh, I remember my homeboy. I don't want to say his name, but he, he even my homegirl picked me up. And uh, we had um, started going to the neighborhood. Like, mind you, I was only out four weeks, <laughs> like a badge. All in shape and shit. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. You're the role model now, right? Yeah, yeah, People, yeah. oh, Lazy's out right now. Yeah, Lazy's out. He just did five years, whatever. Yeah. So I get picked up, going to the hood, all excited, like, what's up? You know what I mean? Um, so I get there, and we pulled into a driveway. Uh, my homeboy gets something from my other homeboy. We, I'm in the backseat of an Astro, mini Astro van. My homegirl was driving. We reversed that. As we were coming out the driveway, there's a sheriff. He sees us makes a u-turn so we noticed like oh shoot he's coming back he's coming around so we took off made a quick left then made a quick right and then my homeboy told my home gray pull over right here so she pulled over real quick and uh he jumped out the car and he started running and i'm like oh shoot yeah <laughs> no heads up yeah no heads up he just took off and i'm in the back seat well i ain't got nothing you know i'm not i'm clean you know i'm yeah. on parole but i'm clean and he took off running. So I jumped in like through the middle and I went and I closed the door and I sat down and then the cop comes up to the window like, hey, who's your partner that ran? They didn't even bother chasing him. Like, we don't know, man. We just picked him up down the street. He was a bum. You yeah, know? they knew you were lying though. But. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're like, all right, well, so you on parole or probation or anything? Like, yeah. And as soon as I said I was on parole, they handcuff you, put you, that's just procedure. Yeah. They handcuff you, put you in the backseat of the cop car. So I'm sitting in the backseat. Like, they're gonna let us go right now. They ain't got nothing on me, you know, whatever. So I'm sitting back there and, um, Oh man, that was that was a really dark day in my life. Out of the top five, that was one of the darkest days of my life. 
because I remember the uh, the sheriff coming up and he's and I guess you know they had they encountered something on the floor and uh, they came and they says uh, you want to tell us who that guy was or what and I was like like I said man I don't I don't know who he was so I guess all right well, you're paying by the rules huh yeah, I said I guess you're going I guess you're going you're 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 going down for this one tonight <laughs> and I go what are you talking about and they showed me a little baggie and you know I guess it was meth and I didn't even know what the heck meth was at the time because I really got out and it wasn't popular when I before I went in yeah when you went in with speed yeah so um. So they go, and I go, what? And they go, oh, and they started looking at mine. They go, looks like we got, a, it looks like we got a three strike candidate. Oh. And that's when it hit me. I'm like, whoa. And you know what's crazy is your heart drop. Oh, bro, it was. I can't even explain it. I'm sitting in the back seat. I'm handcuffed. Three striking it. As soon as the cops hit, I'm like, whoa. Like reality, it just slapped me in the face. And uh, I swear, I mean, I don't want to swear, but I, I promise you, I could hear the devil laughing on the outside of the clock. Really? Cop, cop window. Yeah. I felt an evil presence. You like, could really feel it. Yeah, I really felt it. Like I could hear him like audibly freaking laughing at me through the crack in the window, which was about three, four inches. Like I got you, you know, because prior to that, I was serving. I was serving the Lord in my last year, last uh, two years in prison when I was in there, and and he, you know, I backslid. I like, backslid, and and that was. I felt like that was his payback. I, uh, I mean, first, first of all, I don't know why your homie couldn't take the dope with him. He's running, like, so that's a that's a different story between you and yeah. him, I guess. But come on, homie, like you're running, like, oh yeah, it's just it's just crazy because you realize like who are your homies, like, yeah. And it's, yeah. I, I, I always say, I always say that like just just because we had the same tattoo does not mean you're my homie, dog. Like yeah. it just it, but you realize that when you're older. Well, some people don't even re never realize it. They never no, they, no, no. they never catch on. I think what it is too is because we are so caught up in that lifestyle. We make it our, our only decision. We, we don't have any other backup or we don't, you know, we have nothing else going for us in our life. So we always, you know, fall back to that. You know what I mean? Because people never learn how to get out and they, they don't know how to change their way of thinking that we always revert back to that because that's our comfort zone. You know what I mean? I, I did it too. Why did you, um, I mean, why do you think, I mean, you said the last two years, you know, you're, um, you know, reading the Bible in jail. So on your last two years of your, of your, of your, um, your term, um, why did you, could you say you were out for four weeks? I think you said, is that what you said? Around four weeks? Yeah. Uh, like in looking, looking back at it now, mm -hmm. what made you backslide um, so quick? No, no, well, let me, let me change that. Cause what happened was I, I had did five years and I think the first year and a half and I was cool. And then mid midway, that's when I made, it was a 92 when I got busted and then 90, the end of 92, 90. So like, I would say probably like mid sentence, um, Probably like two and a half, three years, I was serving God. Okay. And before I got out, I had already backslid. Probably like about eight months before that. Oh, you backslid in jail? Yeah, yeah. Because what happened was we were in YTS, and uh, man, it was a revival there, bro. I'm not lying. Like it was straight up revival, and uh, pretty much institution got converted. It was like the Book of Acts all over again. Yeah. And uh, so many doors were open to us. Everything just happened at the right time, and um, they killed a counselor when I was there. Uh, Sharon Baker, unfortunately, she passed away. One of the inmates that was already serving life in there, he uh, he killed her, and they found her um, body two days later, three days later at Chino Dump. They found her in a dumpster. Yeah, yeah. He packed her out and uh, with the battery pack, and you know, did all kinds of stuff. It was Jeez. it was evil. You know, the enemy was was hitting, and um, and basically, uh, they found her in the um, they found her in the uh, dump three days later, and uh, she. Um, you know, our family was everybody was devastated by it, and uh, he ended up getting more time, another life sentence, whatever. So the people that were there by privilege, they ended up going upstate. 
and it was crazy because we we there was a the church was right there like a bunch of brothers that were doing live they all got sent out to different prisons so it was like the book of acts literally yeah yeah so we got sent into the prisons now we're in Hawaii, but you know all these dudes going armed with their bibles and then you know man of god and uh it's like god dispersed everybody because i think everybody was just getting too comfortable there and uh when i went up to soledad the very guy who had led me to the lord was my bunkie and my his name uh his name was joe he's cool he's a good but i still talk to him this day he was in soledad and he he was backslidden and he was running to the yard and i got put on the same yard with him oh he had got out from why he paroled with his family whatever and then he went back so the dude that led me to the lord God put, I mean, I got ended up in the same yard with him in st- upstate now, and he's backslidden. So I looked up to the dude. I respected him a lot. He was like a brother to me, man. And I was hurting, like trying to pull him back in. I got sucked back into the, and I was right there on Soledad. And, and, uh, and I remember I was, I was trying to go get tatted that morning, and we got surrounded by a bunch of northerners, and we ended up having a big old riot. I ended up going to the hole. Um, I was supposed to get out in a month. Soon you backslide, you're just going all the way downhill. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with the homies at the Hamal Court, right in the gun tower. We get rushed by the Nortenos. Go to the go to the hole, and that's where I start drawing. <laughs> you started drawing the hole? So something good came out of that. Something good <laughs> so, came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're getting you're getting busted for the dope when your homie ran yeah and um That's now you're I mean. in county time how, yeah. and you're and you're looking at three strikes and back yeah. in these days like it was when three strikes are out that's pretty much how it is oh, yeah. you're doing like i don't think it's like that anymore but now it has to be like a violent crime whatever but yeah. right but you're facing life now yeah um you're in county jail how long were you in county jail and and and, and, and where were you like mentally right there Man, I was just devastated. It was like a bad dream. I mean, the only thing that was okay with the situation is I ended up being a trustee that time. They had me up in the 9,000th floor. And, uh, you know, I was a trustee, and uh, I was working in the kitchen at first, and then I went into house miles. People don't know what that is. It's just basically like you're in charge of the dorm. And uh, basically, like, I mean, even right there, like, I, I knew I had to make my way back to the Lord. I knew that happened for a reason because I had backslidden, and, you know, my— you know, once you, you you walk away from God, all everything that God is protecting you, the enemy has can get you. You know what I mean? You're out there, you're a sitting duck. And I felt like he had got me. And I remember one time we were right there, and uh, we had started. I started prayer calling there. I, you know, I started doing prayer call at night for all the guys going to court or something like that. So what is prayer call? Basically, at nine, ten o'clock at night. Back then, everybody would be watching Jerry Springer. We turn the we turn the TV down, and and we'd have like you know not not everybody in the dorm, but you know whoever wanted to be part of it, we go to the back of the freaking dorm, and we'd pray. You know what I mean? Like all the all the didn't matter what race you are, didn't matter you know where you're from or anything like that. Uh, we go back there and everybody give their prayer requests. And me and this other um, uh, biso would freaking have prayer call right there, man. And it was pretty awesome. Was that look? I mean, I did a little county time, but mm-hmm. it was always look kind of like it was frowned upon to almost be Christian. Or at least where I was at, it yeah. was kind of frowned upon. And I didn't, I never went to the prayer circles. Always wanted to, yeah. but I go now I'm with the homies right now. So when you were doing that, was that kind of frowned upon as well? Like all oh, this was weak. Um, it's going Christian. Um, Probably, I'm pretty sure that pretty much there probably was some people that um, felt that way, but nobody addressed it because we weren't. I mean, just because we were, we had prayer doesn't mean we were punks. You yeah, know yeah. Mean? We still ran the dorm. We still were, you know, had an answer up to the. You're still dorm. programming it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you kind of have to. You know, I mean, I wasn't like hiding behind the Bible or anything like that. You know, what I mean, real recognize real. You know what I mean? It shit, it shit popped up. You're still, you're still gonna jump. 
at that you had to, you know what I'm saying? You kind of had to, uh, where I was at, yeah, mandatory, you know what I mean? Um, but we didn't instigate stuff. If anything, we always try to keep the peace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember one time we, we were all in the back of the dorm and we we're all holding hands. Pray, we we're praying, like straight up, man, praying. You know, there was a lot of backsliders in there, I'll tell you right now. And God loves the backslider. And uh, they didn't know what was going on. So all of a sudden, we turned around. from both sides, we got rushed by the, uh, the goon squad. In the county jail, Alley County Jail, and they came in with their, uh, you know, with their, with their shields, with their batons, with their, you know, spray. Every, they were ready to. They thought we right was getting ready to kick off, but when they seen that we we're having Bible study, <laughs> it was crazy because the sergeant was the main one leading the way, and he's like, "What's going on here? What's going?" You know, we're like, "Oh, we're having prayer. You want to join us or what? You want to join <laughs> yeah, us?" Yeah, yeah. And they started walking backwards, like it was crazy, like like kind of the way when they came to Jesus in the in the garden in Gethsemane, you know, they. They fell down when, when God turned to Jesus told him, I ain't hiding from you, I'm right here. Yeah. It's kind of what happened that day, you know, when the sergeant just seen, and all their all his goon squads came in, you know. So you're there, you're fighting life life. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people probably do this and maybe you've done it as well. Um, did you make any promises of God? Like if you get me out of this situation, God like I think God waits for you to We do all that. do that though, right? No, but I think I think God waits for you to do that because he wants to help us, man. He wants to show us his power. There's a scripture in Proverbs twenty one one it says, uh, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a river, whichever way he wants. So, I mean, if you want the judge to be touched, then you pray for that judge, man. You ask God to touch his judge's heart because he controls the heart of the, everybody that, the Bible says that everybody that's in authority has been put there by God. You know what I mean? So we, why not go with their boss? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I uh, yeah, man, I was in there and, and, you know, everybody knew my story. Everybody knew that I was there for my homeboy, you know, all the inmates and stuff. So they were all rooting for me. They were all praying for me. I mean, I remember even when I, when I ended up catch, uh, getting the deal that I got, I announced it to the whole dorm and, and they all were happy that at least I had a date. What was that deal? Um, well, at first they came to me with eight years with 80%. <laughs> Well, that ain't no deal. <laughs> <laughs> they hit you with the hard shit right yeah, away. I'm like, man, I'm gonna do what six and a half years. I just got out of doing five. I go, yeah. Look, I said, I said to myself, if this was my dope, then I would take the deal. I was already picking my jury, and I go, but I, I don't use drugs. You know, I'm not, I'm not really. I was never really a big drug addict, and uh, and then um, they came to me. I'm and a couple of days later, and they came to me with 32 months with 80, and I asked my lawyer, how much time am I gonna do? And he's like, well, you're gonna do. About two years, and I says, oh, "Give me like five minutes." I had to make a decision Damn, in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's I, fucking I, pressure. I said, uh, "You know, I'm gonna sell by myself." And God, he he told me so. He's like, "You know what? You may not be guilty for this, but you're guilty for other stuff you did in the short time that you were out." And he was right. And we say God said that, um, because mm -hmm. I know, like you know, like mm -hmm. God does talk to us in His own way. So when you say God told you that, like, like, when you what do you mean a, by that? When you get a thought, a strong impression, and and it's going against, because we always try to reason in our minds of why we're innocent or why this. Or that and then all of a sudden you'll get a thought in your mind which totally contradicts what your train of thought mm -hmm. and it's it's like a heaven sent thought i, I kind of learn how to hear from god now you know what i mean he'll put it in your spirit where where it'll bypass your mind it'll bypass your heart you just go straight to your spirit and you know that's the right decision you'll feel peace about it that's what i was that's what i was talking about in the beginning about the conviction i had and we'll talk about later on yeah. um so you so you do your two and a half years whatever you did. I did two years. You did you did two years at mm -hmm. that time. Were you um were you going straight Christian in jail? No, it was it was uh it was in the in my reserve. I mean, I had my beliefs, and you know, I was like, you know, the true test ain't in here. The yeah. true test is when I get out. Yep. It doesn't mean that I was in there running amok or I was doing anything crazy. I mean, I was just you know I was holding my own, and I still had my personal beliefs, but. I knew that when the rubber hits the road is, is when I'm really going to be tested. And when I get out, I mean, you know, I, I was just trying to find my way out at that time. I was even scared to get out because of what had happened. I was like, man, is this what awaits me? Is how easy it is to come back in prison. You know what I mean? Like revolving door, right? <sighs> Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, when you're busted for your two years and your mm -hmm. county time and so on, 
Um, did a homie that ran? Did he ever put money in your books? Did he ever visit you or write you a letter? Anything? No, man. So I, I, I want, I want people to understand that if any youngster listening to that, like your homie, like most homies ain't gonna, they're gonna, they're not gonna write you, dog. They're not gonna put money in your books, your commissary. Like that's yeah. not, that's not how. Like homies will forget about you like that. Like so quick and there's so oh, many yeah. so many homies doing life in out prison. Of sight, out of mind. And homies are doing life in prison and oh yeah, oh, I'm losing life now. And that's that's pretty much the end of the conversation with your little fairy tale that you're living, right? Yeah, for a long time I had I had a uh, ugly, ugly visions and thoughts of what I wanted to do to that homeboy when I got out and it took me about a couple of years to finally you let that go and let let it just forgive him. You know, I forgave him and then when I got out, maybe about a year and a half after I got out, he he came looking for me and he said that he was sorry and all this stuff. And I said, you know what? I forgave you a long time ago or else you wouldn't be standing right in front of me. Right? Yeah. I go, you didn't lose my homeboy, man. You lost a brother. You know what I mean, like, I, I forgive you, but you got to go your way and I'm going to go my way. How is that, though? Like, okay, like, when you go Christian, but you still have that, that, that man mentality. You still have that, you, you know, you still have that pride and that ego. Mm -hmm. And when something kind of goes, like, another man tests you or whatever like you kind of like kind of like you know they say turn the other cheek but that's that's hard bro right you're still a man you know i'm still a man i mean i, I thank god like i didn't have too much of that stuff happen because i still presented myself i still carried myself like a man you know we're not wimps we're not punks you know what i mean we're warriors if anything but our battle is just against spiritual principalities in the air that we can't see and you know the, we're, the majority of this world and people they don't even know it, but they're demon possessed or they're controlled by influenced by demons when you learn that i mean you know, you start to, you know, understand people more. You start to understand the situation because we were once like that. You know I mean, but our pride does get a hold of us sometimes, man. And we're still human. We got to live in this flesh. Even Jesus, when he went to the cross, man, he even he, he kind of got emotion. Even asked God to take this cup from him, you know, because he was fearful. And that was that's a human, you know, uh, emotion right there. It was fear, you know, and he even succumbed to it, you know. All right, guys. Want to take a small commercial break? Want to come back and want to find out what. Lazy, high man, touchable. I don't know what to call the guy, but I want to find out what he's doing right now, and want to want to see what he says about my last episode, and <laughs> see if he agrees with me or not. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Have you come to the end of the Let me give you some dating advice. Are you looking for a special place for a special person for a special date? Well, take them to Garden Bar and Grill located in La Habra and Pico Rivera. Good food, good service. Be there. Guys, we all heard that too much salt is bad for you. It'll increase your blood pressure. But check this out with real sea salt. I'm talking about CBD sea salt. It can actually help reduce, I say reduce your blood pressure. 
with sea salt it can even improve your skin it has these minerals check this out guys it has minerals that can reduce your inflammation throughout the body it'll give you better cardio and reduce reduce risk of heart disease finally we have a season seasoning that can help you guys that not only tastes good on your food but you can enjoy it guilt-free cbd sea salt follow them on instagram or go to the website and order your package now All right, all right. Before we get back into um the whole um last episode and so on and so on, um I do want to touch um and I don't know if you want to really talk about this or what, but we're talking about like the identity, who you are, gangs. and so on, and gangs. Yeah. Um, one um uh, one evening it was pretty late. You came in my, you called me, you go, hey, I'm going to your house right now, and you seem kind of like in not in a panic, but Distraught. you could tell, yeah, you could tell something happened. Yeah. And I go okay, and you you, you come to my house, bro. Um, this isn't this isn't even long ago. Yeah, no. And um, you came in. Um, you're bloody. You're yeah. lumped up. Like, yeah. It, it looks like you got jumped. <laughs> and I um, and I find out you did like something did happen to you. Yeah. Um, and that goes in. And you know, you're you, you know you're mid forties right now. Yeah. Um, um, we both are. And for that to happen, like, and you're a grandpa. Like, how could that happen at at, at this age, bro? And yeah. And, and and it just I don't know like when does it stop? I mean, I think as long as you let it, as long as you allow it, I feel like we live in such a big world that whoever you allow into your world, whoever you allow into your life, you're giving them access. You know, whoever you continue to have around you, you're giving them access to your life and your business. And if it's the wrong group of people that you have around with around you. You know, especially if you're successful, you're blessed, or you're anointed, or whatever, then the enemy's gonna try to use them. If they're not walking in the same path that you're walking, and the envy is gonna be there, a jealousy. You know, there's a bunch of other different things that play in, in into the circle. You know what I mean? And God warned me, like, hey, like I told you to let these people go a long time ago. What are you still doing hanging around? Why are you still going to these places? You know, I still wanted that that um, that card. You know what I mean? To be able to walk and go and do this, and it was my pride. You know what I mean? I didn't want to let it go. Because I, uh, you know, always kept a good name. Always kept a good name. It's all the name in the neighborhood. But the thing about it was, is that the enemy is real, and the enemy influences people. And you know, and unfortunately, I was a victim of it. You know what I mean? And it it, it kind of knocked me off my rocker. It felt like I was Paul when he got knocked off his horse, and you know, God opened his eyes. You know, it was kind of one of those situations. And I feel like I'm so hard headed that that's the way it had to happen in order for God to get my attention and say, you know what, stop leaving that door open, close that door 100%. And I feel like I have finally, and I found myself, and God says, man, I have greater things for you, you know? Were you, um when that did happen, because mm -hmm. I know the situation more or less, mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I really don't want to, um, you know, say names or, yeah. you know, anything like that, but mm -hmm. I know 
the situation and the way I seen you when I talked to you, you weren't even mad. You were more disappointed. You were sad, bro. <laughs> like you were kind of, you're kind of sad that man, I, I, think, this, I can't believe this happened. You know what it was? <laughs> I felt like something, uh, you know, like died in me. You, heart, you look heartbroken. Like, yeah. like you oh, look yeah. heartbroken. That's weird. Like most people get jumped. You know, because a, a couple of different things played factors, a factor there. You know, I, I lost somebody that was really close to me at the time that I really, you know, I, I took him in as a little brother, you know what I mean? And I helped him and he kind of, I'm not going to say he, he did it. He jumped me, but he, he was there. He was aware. And uh, he didn't try to help. He didn't try to uh, do it. He knew about it. You know what I mean? And these people that jumped me, they don't they don't really know me. They don't know me as a person or what I'm about or anything like that. You know what I mean? It was just, to me, I felt like it was, it could have been dealt with in a different way. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know what I mean? That's, I went down there. God had even, it was so crazy because God had even intervened and took me out of the situation initially. Really? Yes. I was there hanging out. And I got a text from somebody says, hey, are you at this place? I'm like, yes, you need to leave. You know, I'm here chilling and then we just overheard a conversation in the next party. And God saying, shot you a kite. Yes. <laughs> you didn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what the heck? And, and I knew I shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? Cause it was, what you think it was pride? That took me back. Eagle? It was alcohol and pride. Oh, alcohol. <laughs> Bad okay. combination. Oh, for sure. <laughs> a lot of people are in prison because of that. Yeah, and I and I went, I left, I left that day, and I went back in the night. So you went, you were in there in daytime, and then uh, you went back. Exactly. So you were kind of cruising for a bruising. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what it is, is that I was always a fighter. I was never scared. Did you know in that situation, like, because did you know, happened? like, it could have happened, like, you know, there was somewhat of a chance? I, if I did, I didn't care. It was gonna happen no matter what. Yeah, whatever's gonna happen. If it's going down, let's get it over with. Really? You know, I've always been, a, always been. That's just been my mentality. If it's gonna happen, let's do this. You yeah. know, I mean, the sooner the better. But I, I went over there and I tried to, you know, pout my chest and try to do this and that. You know what I mean? But uh, pride goeth before a fall. Bible says, and I feel like that's what it had to take in order for me to finally kill that noise in my life, and become my own man. You know what I mean? What God has created me to be. Because, you know, when you die, you come into the world alone, you die alone. You know what I'm saying? You don't take homeboys, you don't take girlfriends or wives or nothing. You don't take money. You know what I mean? So God was telling me, like, look, man, I'm all you need. I've been the one that's been here for you from the beginning of this, and I'll be here with you till the end of this. You know what I mean? And he didn't want me, you know, to depend on nobody else but him. And that's the way my, my life has pretty much been. And every, he's been with me, but he's protected me. But like I said, I put myself in that situation. With that being said, um, Everything that happened, do you feel like that? Like, are you almost glad that happened? Because, like, I mean, it, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say that, but like, are you in a better place now because oh, that yeah. did happen? Oh, bro, you don't even know. Like, immediately after that happened, the thing that was hurt the most was my pride. You know, my ah, ego. And, you know, and, and pride is like a man's worst enemy, right? Oh, it haunted me. It haunted me for many. Does it still many haunt months. you? Mm, once in a while, it'll try to come, and I just, you know, I'll pray or I'll just, you know, rebuke it or whatever, and I'll move on with my stuff in my life. If you seen those guys, I um, did see one. Oh, you did? Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you what happens. Uh, I seen this. This happened shortly after I seen one of them at at a uh, at a at a game. Okay. And uh, he tried to approach me, but I just felt like his demeanor was off. Like in a bad way or a good um, way. I think he was uh, intoxicated, and he tried to make, you know, I, I guess it was his attempt to try to make peace, and I wasn't ready at the time, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I lashed out, and I, and I and I struck him. Oh. Yeah, and then, I, you know, I regretted it, and I regretted it immediately afterwards, you know what I mean, because it's like, man, I failed the test again, God, you know what I mean? 
And um, I just was like, man, God, just I ain't ready to deal with that yet, man. You know what I mean? He tried to say, let's see if Lazy's ready or not. Here apologize. you go, Lazy. Try to apologize. You know what I mean? And, and I and I should have I should have embraced it. You know what I mean? But I wasn't walking in the spirit at that time. You know what I mean? I wasn't in my spirit. We, you know, we we either walk in the we either wake up in the flesh or you wake up in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? And that day I was in the flesh. <laughs> And, um, you know, fortunately, you know, things, I mean, you know, it happened, what happened. And now it's like, as soon as I, I walked away, I'm like, man, you think that you want revenge. You think that revenge is going to make you feel better. You think that you're getting them back is, but it didn't make me feel any better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe and, even worse situation. And with another individual that was there when it happened, unfortunately, he lost, he, you know, one of the other individuals that jumped me, you know, and, and I feel bad because I grew up with that individual, but he, 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 he got some of his hands blown off after that. Wow. Yeah, you know. I mean, you had to, nothing to do with it. Obviously. No, 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 yeah, no. Let's no. clarify that, guys. No, no, no. He, 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 I was nowhere around when that happened. But unfortunately, you know, I mean, and, I, and at first, I didn't know how to feel about that. You yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, man, like that's why God says, pray for your enemy, because the Bible says, vengeance. What your flesh saying? Oh, that's what he gets. The flesh was saying, yeah. The flesh was definitely <laughs> like I guess, karma. <laughs> I guess he won't be doing any of that anymore soon. You yeah, know what I mean? no, but, that's that's just being like a a, a, yeah, a, a earthly real. flesh guy. Yeah. But but my spirit, I was like, man, that's why the Bible says to pray for those, you know, for for your haters. You know what I mean? Pray for people that, you know, because it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know what I mean? And that's why the Bible says pray for those, pray for them. You know what I mean? Because you can't run from God. You know, you can't run from the conviction. You can't run from what God has. You know, it says, touch not mine anointed. You know what I mean? God has a protective hedge of fire on his children. And if you violate that, then he will deal with you personally like he dealt with these individuals, you know? Why did you say earlier, because I've been thinking about it since you said it, you said God loves backsliders. <laughs> why would you say that? Why did you say that? I, and I was thinking, it's crazy you asked me that because I was thinking about this earlier this morning. <laughs> okay. Um, it's confirmation. When Jesus came into the world, he came not to abolish the law, but to uphold it because the people that were in authority back then, they were taking advantage of their power and they were abusing their power, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were making it hard and they weren't even keeping true to the to the uh, religion. They weren't even keeping true to the laws and they were twisting it in a way where they it, it catered to them and their needs, you know, and they wanted people to respect them. They wanted the attention, you know, that's why Jesus came and he flipped over the tables and that's why he came and he rebuked them in public and he made them look like fools. Mm -hmm. um, the people that he wanted were being pushed away by the leaders that were put in charge at the time and he loved them he loved the people that were not serving him because they were being destroyed for lack of knowledge and they were being led astray by bad leaders at the time you know what i mean so even if they wanted to come close to god when they seen these people the representation of god it was like a bad taste in their mouth um the thing that happened with me and my relationship it wasn't, I didn't get saved in the church. I didn't get saved under a certain type of religion, uh, anything. I got saved by an exampleship and by the word of God and a personal relationship with him. That's what I consider my, my, my religion is my relationship. You know, with God is getting to know him, pray to him and talk to him on my own. And, you know, it's not, you're not it, going to church is cool, but that's, that's touch up. You know, that's touch up work. That's where you go and get fed. And, and I love my church, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's church ain't always going to be open seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? We got to live this life every day. We put on our pants and we got to wake up. So it's about having that own communication and, and, and uh, you know, when nobody's looking type of thing. 
You know what I mean? Who, who, who are you talking to or what are you thinking? Or how's your heart? Check your heart on a daily. That's, I believe, how God is is uh, touching us and, and, and getting a hold of us because I don't care who you are, some of the craziest, hardest, even people on their deathbed who never believed in God, you know, got turned to God on their dying bed on their dying yeah you say that as far as um you know leaders and all that I think even in uh, I think it's a book of Samuel uh one Samuel it's um Eli who's the main priest at that time mm -hmm. he had two sons that were taking advantage they're just they're just pretty much boning chicks and mm -hmm. taking people taxing people for money and um you know the Old Testament we look at it and um God was he's pretty vicious bro I don't I don't know what's the right word to say but he, he said well you know what? your two sons are gonna die and you're gonna die all in the same day he sent an angel or prophet over there and told them like, um, your sons, you're not going to, if you're not going to check your sons, like I'm just going to, they're going to die. Yeah. And he killed them out. This, they died the same day in, in war. And then Eli, he fell over and broke his neck when he heard the news. And like, so God made that promise. You know, what's crazy is in the old Testament, I mean, I read this before is that he's, he was addressed as Yahweh. He was addressed as Jehovah. Uh, he was dressed, uh, addressed, um, excuse me, as Jehovah, but almighty God in the new Testament, he's addressed as father. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean because we're adopted into the the, the the church. We're adopted into the family of God through Christ. So we're no longer just His people. We're His children. We've got you know by believing in Jesus. That's the whole transition that happens from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And He was swift to judge His people. You know, I was reading, I was listening to somebody the other day, and he was talking about how back then God would reveal Himself through miracles. He would He would reveal Himself through judgment. You know, calling down fire for Elijah from heaven. Um, just different ways and he doesn't do it anymore because even though he did he parted the Red Sea even though he delivered the children of Israel from the, the you know from the Egyptians they still backslid yeah. even though he showed himself to them and yeah. he showed his power to them but that happens even these days even even your situation yeah. like you getting out of jail and mm. everything like that like those are still miracles bro like you know even getting up in a, in a morning or you know some some situation we get out of like i've been in so many situations you know through gang life and so on where um those are miracles and we always ask god hey you get me through this like i'm gonna and, and you know so like we're we're guilty as well when it comes to stuff i mean oh, it's not sure like i mean there's there is miracles like um tongues bro i know you speak tongues i don't speak tongues yeah that's a real thing right yeah. i mean i went to your first bible study yeah and if you never been in a church before you went to this bible study at your house everybody's speaking tongues it's kind of like okay <laughs> like it, what, what's everybody doing yeah. it's weird um how did it take place your first time you spoke <sighs> tongue what, like is, is it a certain my brother said like the room lit up for him yeah. and everybody has their own kind of yeah yeah, my experience with the, the baptismal baptismal tongues of fire is was uh, I was in my cell and I remember the day clearly and I was with my bunkie, the one who had led me to the Lord, um, Joseph Cardenas. We were we were kneeling and it was my birthday, and I told him I said, you know what, man, uh, I think the best gift that I could have for my birthday would be the gift of tongues. So he said, all right, let's pray for it then, man. So we got we got down, we started praying. And nothing. I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> then we got up again and go, all right, let's keep going. I think we did it seven times. Yeah? Yeah, we okay. got up seven times from kneeling. And on the seventh time of going down and praying, all of a sudden, I put my head back and it just felt like something was coming from the pits, of, like from my stomach. And it was coming up into my chest and it was coming out like a river, like, a, a, I don't know, words that was just floating out of my, my mouth. And I couldn't control it. Like literally, it was just coming from my soul, my spirit. My spirit was just connecting with. I felt like I was. I got plugged in with God right there, and it was a direct line. And I remember I was crying, like, but I couldn't 
stop my mouth from whatever it was saying. And it was speaking in a different language, but I didn't know the language. People probably look at, oh, these guys. No, man. Because of that experience, I could never doubt that there is a God. How do you... That was the testimony. For, for, for somebody, and we probably have a lot of people on here right now, um, somebody that's not a believer, don't believe. And <laughs> even some people believe in, there's churches, Christian churches that still don't believe in tongue. They don't believe in miracles. Like, how do you explain? <laughs> how do you explain what happened to you to like uh, somebody that a non-believer? I mean. <laughs> you can't, right? You really can't. I mean, the only thing I can tell you is I aligned myself. I aligned myself with the word of God. I aligned myself with his will. I aligned myself with what he, everything he wanted me to do. And at the end of the day, like the Bible says, it's a gift. Uh, you don't give all your children the same gift. Yeah. You spread them out and you give them all different gifts. And that was just the gift that God chose to give me because I asked for it. He said, seek me. You will find me asking. You will receive knocking the door will be answered. And I did. And he gave me that gift. I'm not saying that it's like that every time now. That was just my baptismal. You know, I got baptized into, with the gift of tongues, like in the day of Pentecost. And uh, that particular incident, like I said right now, is the, I could never doubt God because of that. Because I felt it. God is real no matter you what. You know, it's crazy. We were in our cell. And we, it's like loud. And my bunkie was just tripping out. He was a, he's a witness. And um, I was like, man, I wonder what all the people on the tier are saying. Yeah. Right? Like they, because it wasn't, it wasn't bars, but it was doors. But you could still kind of hear. Yeah. And my neighbors next door were Muslims. Oh. Oh, hardcore Muslims. But I'm like, oh, they probably think we're crazy over here. <laughs> um, like you said, like a lot of things, and this is, you know, the more you go in, uh, you know, theology, uh, a lot of things in the Bible, it just, hmm. you can't explain it. Um, people, you know, people read scriptures in different ways. Yeah. Even like you could pray before you read the Bible, which you should. Yeah. Um, some pastors read a, a scripture different than another pastor. Uh, I want to go back to my last episode before we end this. I do want your opinion on it because mm -hmm. I said it, it did eat me up when I when I was talking about um David and John the relationship, and I did my more I did more homework on it, and I yeah. did I did things on it. Um, I I read I even heard some scholars talk about it on their on their um YouTube channels, yeah. and I read the Bible again. And you heard it, and it's funny because um, I I hit you up maybe um last week or a couple of days ago, and yeah. I, and you go, hey bro, like I heard your last podcast, and I I, I wanted to call you right away, <laughs> tell you something about it, and I go, why didn't you? Because I I I, I need these things, you know. Yeah. So I think God, He can set he, this up. Oh yeah, oh a hundred percent, bro, time, like a hundred percent. So He gave me that conviction, like. Even last week, I didn't record last week. I took a week off because yeah. I felt like I can't even go back on podcast right now because I need to set. I need. I need to straighten this out a little bit. You yeah. know. Um, what do you see as far as um, Jonathan and David relationship wise? All right. Uh, before I answer that, it's crazy because I, you know, I haven't. I've been so low key. It's flying on the radar lately. You have, yes. You know what I mean? Just, just kind of, just focus on me and my kids and my G, my G babies. You know, and. Um, I just kind of been laying low lately, and I just I happened to come across that a little clip of it, and I go, I'm gonna listen to this podcast. I want to hear, what he <laughs> and I go, freaking Rocky, See, dude. That was what this idiot's up to. <laughs> <laughs> I go, what the heck? I go, well, he could be right here. You know, maybe in this time that we live in, I guess it's something that doesn't seem out of the ordinary. It doesn't seem something like too far fetched. So I so I started listening to it, and I go. Oh. Okay, well, man, I wish I could kind of give him my opinion about what I feel because I came across, I love the story between Jonathan, the relationship that they have, 
you know, I think everybody needs a Jonathan in their life, you know what I mean? Or David in your life, whatever, you know, whatever role you play. And I started listening to it. I says, you know, I just kind of pray like, man, God, like <laughs> I want to call him, but I don't want him. I don't want to make it seem like, like, you know what I mean? Oh, you slipped up this one time. So let me go correct you. You know what I mean? And I don't mind it though. When it comes, when <laughs> yeah. I, and I always say like, as far as like, there's, there's, there's some people that I, I respect their knowledge so much of the Bible. Yeah. Cause I know they put the work in. You're one of them. Like yeah. I do respect your view on the Bible. Yeah. So I, I do want to hear. Okay. The way that it got interpreted to me when I read that, uh, when, when you said that, you know, uh, there's two different things. The first one is considering the times. Um, it was a very, very distressful time for David. He wasn't king yet, but he was already appointed to be king. There was already somebody in power, and God had bypassed that king and appointed David as the next king. Word got to King Saul, and King Saul was heavy on him. He was trying to get do everything he can to kill him, a king. That's like somebody like a like a like an authoritative figure right here today coming after you and sending the cops to come look for you. That's like Biden. It's pretty yeah. much Biden saying, yeah. "I want the military to go exactly. kill you." Exactly. Like, how do you hide from that? Exactly. You know what I mean? So consider the times. David was in a very stressful situation, very distressed out. Had to look over his back. He couldn't get caught slipping in public. He had to be low key. You know, he had to hide out in the mountains and the hills. The Bible says, you know, he had to hide out. He even wrote a lot of the Book of Psalms in that time because, oh, wow. you know, he was talking about how he was his enemies are trying to trap him, and and he had a good heart, man. He he loved God, and he was a shepherd. He was a little shepherd, man. He wasn't even a soldier. He wasn't even mm -hmm. a warrior. He was a shepherd that God had called out of nowhere, and he's like, man. All of a sudden, he got all these haters on him, you know what I mean, for doing good um, and for being anointed, for being appointed, anointed and appointed by God. So consider the time. It was a very time of, of stress, of, of, of fear. I'm sure fear was right next to him, you know, breathing down his back. And when you're in a place or a position like that, I don't care who you are. Anybody who's willing to embrace you at that time, anybody who's willing to help you out at that time. There's going to be a special bond between you and him. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you're, you know, I, I used to have a little homie that was on the run for murder and I, I, I took him in with me and I, and I, and nobody, everybody kept their doors closed to him. Nobody wanted him around. Nobody wanted his own homeboys. Didn't, he wasn't from my hood, but I, I helped him out. I taught him how to tattoo. I, I showed him the ropes so he could make a living while he was on the run because I was on the run and I know how that feels. Yeah. It's a very ugly time when you're on the run. You know, you don't know who to trust. You can't go anywhere around your family. You can't go around your loved ones. You can't go around people. So you're pretty much by yourself most of the time or you're hanging around the same type of people that are going to get you in more trouble. So considering where he was at, I feel like Jonathan and David had a special bond because they were in a state of panic. David was. And Jonathan embraced him. So I think that when you go through something, whether you're facing, like even if you're sick in the hospital or, or whatever, God will bring you somebody. He'll put somebody in your life at that time that's going to give you strength when you don't have that strength. Because we're his hands, we're his mouth, we're his ears. We, God speaks to us. And I feel like God placed Jonathan in David's life at that time because David needed reassurance. And those that don't know real fast, um, mm -hmm. Jonathan is Saul's son. King Saul's son. The guy that's trying to kill him, that's his son. The Go very, ahead. yeah, the very, <laughs> I mean, how much even more comfort, I mean, and David had to trust this man. David put his life into his hands because, you know, Jonathan could have two-faced him. He could have pulled a Judas on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he loved David. And check this out. This is what I was listening to this morning. 
Jonathan had to give him. David was going to be the next king. That should have been Jonathan. That's right. That's that was, right. That I, was, didn't think, I never thought about that. <laughs> he, 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 he should be hating. Yes. Wow. He should be hating on David because he's going to take his position of power. He's the next in line. I never thought about yeah. that. Yeah. So not only was he helping somebody that his dad was trying to kill, but you know what it was? What's awesome about Jonathan is he knew his dad was wrong. He knew that God was greater than his dad. Even though his dad was great out here on earth was greater than, you know, because his physical presence. But God, at the end of the day, God was greater than Saul. And God, he would have to answer up to God if he hurt. So what do you think about the soul ties as far as Jonathan and David? I, I mean, you know, I, I I just think that the situation that happened, you know, the situation that happened between them brought them to that point where it was. I, I've had people that were there for me in my times of distress and because they were there for me, I will always have a place or love them for being there for me in my yeah. time of distress. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, you opening your doors and helping. Like, I just needed to feel. The reason I went to your house that night after I got jumped because I, you were the closest one on my way home. Uh, I, you know, I went to your house, you were on the, and I, and I needed to clean myself up. And I want, not only did I want to clean myself up, but I wanted to, to tell you what happened because I yeah. knew that me and you were, were like brothers, you know what yeah. I mean? And I felt like, you know, when I pulled in, I needed, I needed to feel some type of comfort from somebody that knew God, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I, I, and I, you were there and it, you know, it helped me to deal with what I was going through at the time. And I think that Jonathan helped David for what he was going through at the time and because he was there even you know when david became king he blessed jonathan's family he said i want to know if there's anybody that's left of his heritage of his family i want to bless and he gave him land he gave him money he blessed them he said you guys will always be blessed for me because that should have been jonathan's family in the mm -hmm. in the kingdom you what know? about um um the scripture if they're if they're the scripture about you know kissing and oh, getting naked in okay. front of each other um, well, I don't remember reading the naked part, but I remember reading the kids part. I read the naked. It's just that he, he was giving him his, like his All armor, his, clothes, his, his armor. Garment, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you can interpret the way you want it. I probably said it. <laughs> yeah. I, I let that part out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah he, they switched clothes. Yeah. Um, but the part of the kids, I mean, the Bible even says, greet your brothers with the holy kiss. Okay. Yeah, it talks about that. It, it talks about Paul uh, with Timothy. They and they said they're making out passionately. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, there's yeah. even cultures in 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 certain races, uh, you know, that they, they greet you with a kiss. You know, I have a homeboy. I have a friend of mine that that when he he greets uh not on the lips, you know, he'll he'll greet him on the on the cheek or you uh -huh. know or you know somebody your grandfather grandparent on the forehead or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I kiss my grandpa on the cheek. We yeah. Just, we just it's always something we yeah. always done. But I think that because of the times that we live in, we interpret that different. Because back then it was unheard of. It was, yeah. It was Sodom and Gomorrah. Look what happened Jeez, to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think because of the times, it's so. It's the first thing you think about when you think a man giving another man a kiss. But we didn't, it didn't say you know it was a, it was an intimate, passionate kiss. It, it doesn't. Just, we interpreted it that way. But, but then I think it, it gets interpreted though too. Like just like myself, like it says because you know um, David says he loves he loves Jonathan and any woman. Yeah. He, it they, does say that they had a love that was surpassed a woman's love. And I and there's also a scripture. That that says um there is there is a friend that sits closer than a brother but are we like that too somewhat like i mean yeah i mean we're all like bro yeah. before hoes yeah ain't that the same thing like yeah. nah and i bro before hoes yeah. like it's it's stupid but like yeah. it is what and i think that's what they meant by it yeah well yeah like i was saying there's a scripture in the book of parts there, there is a friend that sits closer than the brother uh that that's uh, you know i i'm closer to some of my friends than i am to my own blood 
Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I feel like um, they probably had that tight relationship. You know, they, they, and you know, there's been times we've been let down by females. We've been let down by the opposite sex. So sometimes we feel like we can relate to males better. We, we actually tell our friends more than we tell our girls sometimes. Yes. You know, we feel like we can share with them some stuff that we can share with our, 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 you know, partners or whatnot, what you know? I do want to um, end this um, if, with, with your prayer, if, if you don't mind, bro. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. I know um, we did it season one. I think this time you've said a lot more. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot more viewers, bro. And I think yeah. I'm hoping your story, it touches somebody and helps somebody out. They're in that situation or they have a kid in that situation. And maybe they can, like, hey, like, let your teenage kid that's going through something listen to this. This guy's been through. He Like, it's, there's no, there's, it, it's, there's no rewards at the end of that kind of stuff, guys. And mm -hmm. um, it, it's tough out there. And I hope this story helps at least one person out. I want to just close by saying this. Um, you know, I hope nobody was offended or hurt by what, what I said. It's just the truth. I come from, I come from the heart. You know what I mean? And uh, if you are somebody that is trying to change your life or you're trying to walk away from that kind of lifestyle, if you're trying to get away, then it's very important that you put yourself around good people. If God is trying to tell you to let go of a relationship, you're trying to let, tell you to let go of a man or a woman and you're being disobedient because you're just trying to hold on because of whatever reason, the minute that you trust God and you let go of that person, then God will bless you with better friends, with better things, with better people that will love you since, with, with their heart sincerely. And ever since that happened, my situation happened, God has brought awesome people into my life and I'm more blessed, kind of like a Job situation. Yeah. You know, so if you're struggling with letting something go in your life, you just, you just gotta trust God and let go. And I promise you, God will see you through it, no matter what it is. Thanks, Lazy. Mm -hmm. Come rest up.